Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. I am your host with the most Papa Spice. I'm joined by two of my best buds, Harry and Hans, and we like to discuss and dissect all things pop culture, especially movies and TV. And here we are, guys. It's another app. Things are looking pretty bright out the last couple of days. Been been good weather. You know, we got to get that Papa Spice's hot takes weather report in at the beginning of every episode. Uh, Harry, how you doing, pal? I'm doing fantastic, uh, Papa. Thanks so much for asking. Um, I I got to admit, I'm a, I'm on a bit of a streak lately. I am three for three in regards to uh, movies I've seen recently. I've been on a hot streak at the theater. Um, I'm hoping to continue that uh, in about a, in a week or so. But I've seen Past Lives, I've seen Joyride, and I've seen Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, and all three of those have been strong four-plus star movies for me. Uh, I've really been having a great time at the theater. Um, that's where I like to go in the summer. Uh, so that's been fun. So yeah, I've just been I've just been crushing film, crushing tape, and I've had a great time in regards to that. So I'm I'm on a hot streak. I'm hoping it's I go for five for five in the next week, and that'll just make my week when I get to see uh Barbie and Oppenheimer. So or Barbenheimer or you know, whatever the kids are calling it on the streets. Uh just want to be a part of it. Yeah, just want to be a part of it. Uh so yeah, I'm doing lovely. Thanks for asking. Dude, good good for you. I'm very happy. And I'll tell you what, so like Mission Impossible already on my radar was like really looking forward to that. Um, same thing. Well, Past Lives was not super on my radar. I was aware of it. But then, you know, hearing yeah. good things about that and then also you and our buddy Sean talking up Joyride uh, got me pretty excited. I want to check all this stuff out. I don't know if I'll actually get to, but I hope I can. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think either both the past lives and Joyride I think will easily be accessible um, streaming in the near well especially past lives because it's almost done its theatrical run Joyride definitely I could see that movie as you and Janet Friday night she's off you know kids asleep you know let's throw on this uh this R rated comedy um, and just have a fun time so hundred percent yeah uh, Hans how you doing pal. Good. Uh, unlike Harry, I am I'm 0 for one with movies this week. Uh, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't go as much as uh, as Harry. I don't get to, out to the cinema as much. So, um, yeah, I, I did see. You know, we're going to talk about the movie that we did watch. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a hit. Indeed. It's not. It's not exactly a miss. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you bunt and it makes it to the pitcher's man. You don't know, like, and they tag you out at first, but you don't know if you're safe or out. Kind of like in mm. that middle where they have to go mm. to replay. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Uh, but yeah, other, outside of that, not not doing bad. This is actually the first movie in a long time I haven't seen in premium format, which uh, I feel spoiled. Uh, I had to sit in the old the old chairs, <laughs> the cloth chairs that are are, are, are incredibly uncomfortable. So uh, yeah, it was just not. It's a long one too. I, I wish my movie going experience was as, as good as Harry this week. It it, mm. it wasn't. Hey, it listen. 
listen, you get back out there, you see a great hit, you're 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 shooting fifty percent at that point. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, and you know, in all honesty, I can't complain about the chairs. I mean, back in the day when I worked there, I used to like sleep at the theater and sleep in those chairs. Oh so god, what a time to be alive! I know the so. body was just built different back then. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That's probably why I cannot. No, I can no longer sit in these chairs because my yeah. back is is just pfft. yeah no. shot. Papa, how about you? How are you today? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to dive into our topic today, but, um, I'm still keeping up with my one movie a day for the whole year thing. And, uh, yeah, just rubbing that in our faces every two weeks. Yeah. Hey, look, crushing that content, man. Like you said, um, so yeah, like just some, some highly recommended hits that i watched recently some stuff i rewatched others i watched for the first time even there though they're older but uh finding neverland from 2004 saw that for the first time loved it nimona an animated movie uh from this year on netflix by the way absolutely loved that uh philadelphia from 1993 saw that for the first time loved it Texas Chainsaw Massacre, classic, one of my all-time favorite movies. Just rewatched that recently. Absolutely still holds up. Uh, Drunken Master, Jackie Chan's breakout hit from 1978. Saw that for the first time and loved it. And uh, as recently as last night, rewatched Cool Hand Luke for the first time in probably about 20 years. Ooh, nice. And really, uh, really holds up. I love that movie. I was surprised yeah. at your score for that, Hair. Why? What was it? Uh, you had it at three stars. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I just think I was expecting a little bit more. And I think it's one of those movies of like, you hear all like one of those movies the that's built up. Gets built yeah. Up. And it yeah. was kind of like you watch it and I don't want to say anything. I don't know. It just, it went down a road that I was expecting to like elevate and it just never did. And it was kind of, and it wasn't the same throughout, but it just, it didn't reach a point where I felt it, it, it super exceeded. And so. Yeah, probably a little a little negative with my three stars. Um, you know, maybe three and a quarter, three and a half, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, so before we get into our topic, we have our roving reporter hands. That's right, baby. Back on the street. Live from Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry, it's Hans with the bi-weekly entertainment news report. Take it away, Hans! That's so good. I gotta set that as my <laughs> ringtone. Or my yeah. alarm. Well, one of them. Um, yeah, I you know, I feel, always feel like I'm missing things, so if you guys ever, like, suggest because doing it bi-weekly, I feel like by the time we record and something pops up, I just forget about it, but oh well. Mm. This stuff, it, so you're getting the news from the last week. Yeah, new like news it. and old news. <laughs> if you don't like it, Google it. Um, no, please keep listening. Um, so, yeah, the uh, first thing I have is just, a, you know, I usually cover the weekend box office, which is kind of a little bit, you know, revolves around our topic today. But, um, mm. you know, the top three that we had was um, Insidious, the uh, – what is that? The the Red Door. Uh, yeah. I've never seen an Insidious movie, so I don't know which, how many there are. Really? I thought you were all yeah, into the Insidious. No, oh. no. Are you conjuring. into the conjure, conjuring? conjuring? It's the universe, same thing to yeah. me. Um, yeah, might as well but be. Here's the thing. I have <laughs> seen them all and I liked them. I don't remember anything about them. They're not super I, memorable. I just know I enjoyed them when I watched them. 
to, to me, it's like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where, like, I can tell you what happens in the first Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, Freddy's Dead, the last one. But all the other mush in the middle, it, I couldn't tell you what happens and what. So, um, but, yeah, so Insidious uh, led the way with $33 million. Uh, number two, our topic for today, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with $27 million, which is about a 55% drop from its first week. Uh, which is kind of, you know, we're starting to see these big movies that, that have these big fall, like, you know, these big second week drops. You see it a lot during the summer because a lot of releases are closer, but um, it's, this is kind of another, another one for Disney that, that, you know, kind of had a lower mm-hmm. second, second weekend, but um, yeah, you know, 27 million for an Indiana Jones movie in, in 2023. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think the hype was in there. It was up there as much as probably kingdom of the crystal skull was i don't know but i think people are indeed out well we'll 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 talk a little more about it and then number three was another new release the sound of freedom which was 19 million um i did not know anything about this movie uh prior to a week ago and then it came out and it's uh number three so uh so yeah Uh, i'm it it caters (laughs) to the crowd that you'd exactly expect it to okay Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so those are the top three. Uh, little other ones. Elemental still hanging in tight to in the top five at number four, and Spider Man into the Spider Verse is t- rounding up the top five. Thirty three percent drop, and it's it's hitting about three hundred fifty seven million domestic. So, uh, I, I might have made that part up. I don't think that's domestic. That might be worldwide. Um, sorry. Hey, you're good, homie. Sorry. Hey, man. This this I, I listen. I, yeah. The streets are hard. I, I, the you streets know what are I mean? lying to me. The streets are lying to me. So. Uh, <laughs> Still, still a good haul. It's it's still one of the bigger, um, bigger movies of the year. But you know, coming next week, we have a couple bigger movies coming out. Yep, yep, yep. Which you guys have talked about. Um, yeah. Next up is uh, the other day they they I'm surprised they did this. Released the first image of Deadpool three, which includes mm. the comic, uh, more comic accurate Wolverine costume and the all yellow X Men. Uh, X-Men uniform and then a couple a couple uh, behind the scenes shots of the 20th Century Fox sign. It looks like whether or not they're fighting or not. I don't know. Looks pretty interesting. But yeah, we got that. We got that that classic that classic outfit finally with Hugh Jackman. But um, a lot of people are complaining about there's there's sleeves on it. Deal with it. He'll cut them off. Don't worry. I, I, I there's there's something he's hot. He's you, you can't be Hugh Jackman and hide those guns. You really can't because he's he's a he's a beast. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll Greg, I'll turn it over to you. I, I I probably think I know Harry's 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 um input on this, but I will um yeah turn it over to you. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, um, I absolutely love it. I I think it is very accurate to the comics and uh in particular his astonishing x-men um version of the costume uh i will say i don't like the sleeves look as much but it's neither here nor there i just think i know in the past how hard jackman has worked to get in like top tier shape and he's even said like you know, the, one of the things he was most looking forward to after finishing Logan is like not having to do those workouts ever again. Um, cause he's a beast with it and he really does transform his body. So I say, why not show it off, show off those guns for sure. But, um, yeah, you know, 
beyond the sleeves thing, which is minor for me. Absolutely love it. Uh, thank God. You know, all those idiots over the past 20 years that have said that would never work in live action. Eaton Crow, um, you know, this is excellent. Love the coloring on it. And uh, everything I'm hearing now is, you know, wait till you see it with the mask because he, he is going to rock the mask in the movie also. So super hyped for it. Um, I am a little concerned, and this is kind of, you know, not not really costume related, but I'm a little concerned about Deadpool because this is occurring like it's filming as the writer's strike is going on. So who knows what kind of edits can be made. Um, So I just, you know, I'm hoping we get the best story possible. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was something about, you know, Ryan Reynolds. I guess he can riff, but like, you know, if stuff's written down or I don't know, it's all weird to me. Just, just pay the writers, guys. Hollywood Studios, I know you're out there listening. Just pay the writers. And then we'll get a good Deadpool movie. Her thoughts on Wolvie's uh, costume. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say I was a little bit of a troll in our, in our private group text a little um, bit. with friends <laughs> in regards to this. Um, but what are we doing guys? We used to be a society that would allow time for things that, you know, didn't have to react to everything in regards to it. Listen, we we live in a day and a time when we get what we want nowadays. We tell these movie studios, we tell these people, we want the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme. We get it. You know, we want Oppenheimer and Barbie to release on the same day. Please don't move them. We get it. What about Deadpool? Sonic? 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 We, we bullied the whole studio to redo. <laughs> we bullied a whole studio to redo you know the what? CGI. It absolutely worked. <laughs> we got it. So you know what's going to happen with this Snyder yeah, cut? The Snyder cut? We got it. <laughs> Deadpool 3, dress him up in the yellow and the blue and put him in that cool 90s costume. We got Ladies it. and gentlemen. <laughs> will the sleeves be off? They will. Will the mask be on? It will. Let's just relax, everybody. We don't need to be dropping all the pictures from the sets. We get it. It'll be there. I'm sure it'll be fine. I, Greg, I do. I You know, I voiced these concerns previously with the writer strike. The last Deadpool Wolverine movie had a writer strike. Um, but I, I, you know, I think there is a thing where he actually can't rift because if he goes uh, okay. off script, you have to make notes for that. And that would include having a writer on set to do Eesh. that. Um, so it would have to be whatever is written, uh, I believe on the script, you can't divert from it. So I don't know, maybe they got a, you know, that first part worked out, um, or maybe they're just trying to shoot, you know, and get ready to do the CGI stuff, you know, get that out of the way. So that way they can do that. So um listen we're gonna get it guys everybody relax everybody calm down uh sure greg for the for the trolls in your in your dms over the last few years saying you can't wear the costume it'll be fine who cares got it understood with the sleeves i kind of saw it as they're probably going to make it in like a a movie joke about him having the sleeves he's going to rage out and cut them off and then and then you get that that peak physique of i read I read something and I don't give it any validity whatsoever, but I read that um, Hugh Jackman is more susceptible to skin cancer, which is true. He has had uh, surgeries for it before. And so that's why the costume is sleeved. But I'm 
I'm not buying that. I don't think that that is the yeah, reason for the Maybe outside it's sleeved, but maybe once he gets indoors, they, they'll cut them off. You know, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? They're just yeah. sleeves, bro. Okay. All right. Uh, next up yesterday, uh, we got our first look at Wonka. The Is it called Wonka? What's it called? Wonka? It's called uh, Wonka. You got called it. Wonka. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, it's hard to tell nowadays because there's like three different Wonka movies and they're all named three different things. And, and you know, they're not even based there's on – a kid named Charlie involved. The you books know? – yeah, and a bunch of lazy grandparents. Uh, yeah. The uh, book is uh, called Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate and the Cho- Factory. Well, there's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the first movie we got was Willy Wonka, then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Now it's just Wonka. Like we don't need this much backstory. On I, Wonka, think, do we? I think you got it. I think you just nailed it, my dude. Yeah. Well, it was released with uh, Timothy Chalamet playing the title role of Wonka, and I did not even know this. Hugh Grant, I I must have checked out in the trailer because uh, I saw a, a clip on um, Twitter with Hugh Grant was Noopa Loompa, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, dude, I that it was, was Hugh no- Grant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was Hugh Grant as Noopa Loompa. Um, I was not. Uh, yeah. I so first impressions when I rewatched the trailer, uh, I I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. Mm. Uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet doesn't bring the that like Gene Wilder like charisma and Johnny Depp weirdness. Now I don't need to be, I don't need Wonka to be a sociopath and and be just a a, a psycho or anything, but just for something Timothy Chalamet just seems like he's he's not that that guy. And at least for this role, I think the visuals look pretty cool. I like chocolate. I know a lot of people like chocolate. It just, it just, I can't see like they're making a movie about a guy who just is like obsessed with it. And, and he builds a factory. Like, I, I don't know. It just, I've seen this twice before and I've read the books. I don't know if I really want to see this, but I don't know. It comes out December 14th for anyone interested in it, If you, if you are, um, what about you guys? Did you watch it? I know Harry, you're not a big trailer guy. Did you decide let's to watch go to, Wonka? Uh, let's go to Papa first because I think he's more uh, aligned with you on this. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So I did watch it. Actually, it's funny because I swear – I swear like maybe it was Friday or something. They said the trailer was going to drop and then it didn't drop until yeah, yesterday. Yeah, they, they punked everyone. They just – they yeah. released a new picture on Friday and everyone's like, oh, it's not the trailer. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I – I gave the trailer a shot and uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. So I, even though it's not super faithful to the book, I really do enjoy uh, the original Gene Wilder film. Um, This looks more like a Disney channel version of Wonka. Uh, Like Timothy Chalamet. I respect the hell out of him. I think he's put in some great performances so far. Looking forward to Dune 2. Let's go, baby. But um, the clips that we got of him in the trailer for this, he seemed like he was starring in a Disney Channel movie. And I'm not talking about production quality. I'm talking about his acting skill. Like, it just seemed very childish. And there it and. I don't even I don't want to say whimsical because I think that would be giving it too much credit. It's like he took 10 steps down in his acting ability. And that's what we're getting on screen. Um, I'm sure there's something to be said for, hey, we want to portray him as, you know, a kid at heart. And, you know, this is him in his younger days and youthful exuberance and all this stuff. I'm calling BS. I just I think um, 
I think probably the direction is wrong on that. And, uh, you know, the way Wilder played it and look, I'm going to compare it to that and everybody else's too, because it's such an iconic portrayal. He does have a little bit of, of that, um, glimmer in his eye, but it's also a lot of intrigue and mystery and like, Ooh, where are we going to go? Like, you know, he's excited about his creations, but also they play it up kind of like, uh, he's, he's a little bit of a recluse who, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. He's kind of a wild card and Timothy Chalamet is just being a goof. So (laughs) yeah, it just, and not even like a charismatic goof. There's a lot of things. It just seems like there's no energy into it. Um, what I am happy that I'm happy to see in this was, um, was Mr. Beans in this, uh, and you can never get Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson didn't even notice this. that, dude. I, uh, I only I did it because I, I was, <laughs> uh, I was fact checking my notes on that uh, Hugh Grant fact uh, that I just dropped because oh, yeah. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, and maybe just someone deep faked a clip and I bought it. Uh, yeah, he is in it, but then I saw Rowan Atkinson is in this. Wow. So yeah, yeah I don't know. There. That's that's my thoughts on Wonka here. Yeah, listen. Wonka, not my guy. Um, you know, never really grew up being like, I love Willy Wonka and the, and the Chocolate Factory. Don't care. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came, what was it, 2005? Pretty sure I worked for the movie theater then. Didn't care. Came and went. Um, I've seen both of them. Uh, don't really get it. Don't really care. Uh, but and, and Chris is right. I don't really care about trailers. So this is why I'm not reading too much into this. And I'll, I'll tell you why. This movie isn't for men in their 30s. This is going to be a family movie, just like the other two were, just like when you saw Willy Wonka when you were a child. How dare you? And that's who this movie is going to be for. (laughs) Do you know why I know that? Because, listen, I trust Chalamet. Whether he looks weird and goofy, I get it. We can cut five seconds off of a trailer and make it seem like this guy looks um, not, you know, not the brightest bulb in the drawer. Um you know, but I do trust Chalamet. I trust Hugh Grant. He was recently in Dungeons and Dragons. Had a great time with him in that. I trust Olivia Coleman, the goat. She's a great actress. Uh, trust her decisions. Keegan Michael Key. I'll go where he goes. I'll follow him into the dark. Sally Hawkins. Love her. She's gonna be great. Rowan Atkinson. Already mentioned. He'll be great. You guys know who the director of this movie is? Yeah, the guy who did Paddington. The guy who did Paddington one and two. Paul King. Wear that crown, my king. I have trust in you. I have faith in you. I think this will be the family movie of the season. Obviously, it's coming out, what do they say, this Christmas? Um, And listen, am I going to be as a 35-year-old man at that time being like, I hope I get my, you know, I hope I'm laughing as hard as I am in, you know, the originals. I don't care for the originals. So I'm sure this one will be fine. I think you guys need to get off your high horses. The, not you guys specifically, but people who are like on top of this movie being like, it looks like doo-doo. And listen, take your family out to go see it. You know why? Because there ain't going to be much other options this Christmas season. So go enjoy Wonka. Hopefully it's not super long. Hopefully it's like two hours. We get some heart. We get some lighthearted comedy. And we have a great time and we walk out and say, you know what? That was better than I expected. No way, dude. I need Wonka wow. to be three hours and I can do a Wonka and Napoleon double feature. Make yeah. it a day. Uh, no. Um, look, real, Have real you seen quick. Dune? Let's make this like the Dune factory and uh, turn, turn up go. the heat to 11. Real quick. One thing I wanted to touch on because you mentioned the trailer and editing and all that stuff. Yeah. 
yes, you're right to a point, but the way that trailers are edited in modern times with everything except maybe the biggest of blockbusters. And I would say even they are not immune. Um, yeah. Most trailers just give away the store nowadays. Right. They show you yeah. everything you need to see. So I would say if this was a trailer coming out 20 well, years ago, get that in the next you'd one. be right. But yeah. uh, I think that this trailer, because it's in modern times, probably gives an accurate portrayal of, his performance. Well, here's the thing. We all complained about it. So what they're going to do is they're going to give us the good stuff in the next trailer. And it's going to ruin the movie because we're going to have too much of the movie in it. So I hope everyone's happy. I can't wait to see that powerful scene where Wonka drops a chocolate bar down in the sewer and starts crying. Bro, I can't single, wait till we're talking our end of the year list. And you guys, one of you guys has Wonka on. Yo, there and you're like, guys, right. I remember Listen. talking on the indie pod and I was wrong. Right. I cried. I, <laughs> All right, listen. I already, I already know what's going to happen in this movie, and 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 you know, let's bookmark this one. Oh. This is, it's gonna, they're gonna this set us up for a sequel. Guy on the street, he knows what they're gonna set us up for a sequel. But you know how they both of the Wonka movies had follow, have like Charlie finding a coin in the street and then buys uh-huh. up by a chocolate bar. I bet you that Wonka is going to be running down the street and he drops a coin, and you're going to watch it drop into the sewer, and it's going to mm. be like there forever for Charlie to find thirty years or whatever in the future. And then the second thing is that and towards the end of the movie when Wonk has his factory, he's going to start hiring people. And he's like, oh, what's your name? And the guy's going to be like, Joe. And then it's going to be Grandpa Joe was a former employee of Wonka. I bet you. Last name Joe. First name Grandpa. Who went on unemployment. (laughs) Who went on on, uh, a workman's comp because he couldn't get out of bed one day. And he stayed in bed for Post-credit scene, baby. Black screen. Wonka's I can't believe voice. Hans is right. Who are you, little boy? For, for this, Bucket, sir. Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. <laughs> My grandpa hasn't got out of bed in fifteen years. Willy Wonka will return. Yeah, uh, yeah. Grandpa Joe will return. Cut, I can't wait. The movie. Yeah. yeah, Wonka. Wonka breaks in. He's like, I want to talk to you about the Wonka, the Wonka Initiative, <laughs> the everlasting Gobstopper Initiative. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm i'm sending that i'm sending that script in like we talked about Do earlier it. with my with my uh idea for a movie i'm gonna write this one over the next two years i even for yeah apartment sorry love it right, coming out in a couple years scenes? anything else no i don't think so that's that's really it um i did see someone put a note on here uh the twitter poll results is is that, uh, is that... i did yes so there we I go our next twitter poll which was which is the bigger creative flop for the GOAT, Steven Spielberg? And the choices were The Lost World and Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, uh, in honor of our indie topic today. Uh, so before I get to the results, boys, how about you? What, what would you consider to be the, the bigger flop? Creative. Crystal, crystal Skull. I don't, I don't hate The Lost World. I, I, I don't. I, it gets a little weird towards the end. But when they bring that, that T-Rex home. But that's a that's that's about it. I, I, whatever. It's a dinosaur movie. I think Indiana Jones is a much, I, I think is a much bigger failure. But mm. yeah, that's me. Hair. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. You know, I'm surprised you didn't put Jaws on there or Schindler's List. I felt like those are the two big creative flops you know, that you go to. Um, I was gonna say one. I, I thought you were talking about like like I'm like they're not sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I guess for me, similar to Hanratty, I would say the bigger flop. I like I liked the Jurassic series a little bit more than the indie series. 
And that might just come down to when I saw the movies. Um, you know, I didn't see indie until I was probably closer to teenage year Jurassic park when I was probably, you know, under 10. Um, I remember having a Sega Genesis game for Jurassic, uh, park, um, that I love to play, but yeah, I mean, lost world. I, I still, I still loved it when the dinosaur goes to the city as a kid. I, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe that's just, that's just me on it, but, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with uh crystal crystal skull for me. Mm. Uh so I'm going to read the results and then I will let you guys know my take. Uh, I didn't vote results... again. Just 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 so we're clear. Okay, good. So no no tainted results here. Uh with 33% of the votes The Lost World and with 67% of the votes uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, I agree with the results, the poll results, as well as you guys. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for me. I I really do not like the Lost World, and I I feel like Jurassic Park three, which never gets any love, is a far better movie than the Lost World. But for sure, um, as far as Crystal Skull goes, it's just such a letdown. Like indie. <sighs> And I'm not going to go too much into it because we'll talk about, you know, a lot of stuff with uh, the current movie. But like with Crystal Skull, Indy is still aged. Harrison Ford is aged and he's doing stuff that is very uh, not not realistic in terms of a man of his age. You know, I'm thinking of the warehouse where he's swinging around on the whip like Spider-Man. Just insane. Uh, Obviously, the whole fridge scene in the beginning, preposterous. Mutt swinging with the monkeys in the jungle, just silly. The whole uh, spaceship scene at the end was over the top for me. I think there was a good story to be told there, and they just kind of blew everything out of proportion, and it ended up ruining it. Um, very shocking that uh, that that movie came from Steven Spielberg because it seems more like a Brett Ratner yeah. piece or something, you know. So disappointing but uh but yeah hey that's the twitter poll guys stay on the lookout at uh at gregor mortis and at ps live spicy uh we'll be holding these and discussing going forward uh okay so on to the topic we're here to talk indiana jones and the dial of destiny or indy 5 for short and hmm. uh yeah we all had a chance to see it over the past couple weeks uh, so I guess, you know, I'll just kind of dive right in. And obviously, you know, with with most of our uh, episodes, this is very heavy spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, um, well, maybe listen, <laughs> maybe listen to the pod first and then decide if you want to see it. Uh, but, you know, we start off in the past uh, in, I believe, the 40s. Uh, I, think yeah, was, 1944. I think it was right at the it end like of basically World the War II, fall, right? the, the fall of yeah. Berlin. Yeah, right. They even mentioned, you know, Hitler's in his bunker hiding and all this stuff. Uh, and we get the reveal of younger Indiana Jones. So what I, what I guess we're used to seeing as Indiana Jones, maybe just a tad, a touch of gray. I don't know. Um, obviously, CG face used, you know, body double. Uh, and then they used Harrison Ford's voice current day uh, for his voice. I got to say, so... At this point in the game, we've seen a lot of this by now. We've seen it particularly in Star Wars. Um, 
So you'd think Lucasfilm and Disney would be kind of at the forefront with this, but we've seen it in some other stuff too. Uh, I don't know. I got to say the CG was a little wonky in scenes. I think overall it was good. And overall um, it did look like him, but there were different shots where it was in motion. And I swear if you freeze frame it, it looks awful. Uh, I just, I, I'm used to seeing this stuff because I watch a lot of animation. So like sometimes you'll see something where one or two frames is like slightly out of place and it just looks weird. And this, there were a couple shots where I was like, Oh, that did not look good at all. Combine that with the fact that they didn't do anything to de-age Harrison's voice which I guess, you know, one way of looking at it is, hey, that's an extra expense and it's extra time. But like when you see him as a younger indie and then you hear him talking and he sounds like his grumbly, grumpy, old 80 year old self, as opposed to young Indiana Jones, it's definitely a mismatch, at least for me. It's just, you know, I guess the closest argument to this is kind of going back to Avatar The Way of Water. Like I talked about this with Sigourney Weaver and her portrayal in the movie where her voice sounds too old for the character. And it's the same thing here. I was getting those same vibes and it's like, that's not how he sounded in the first three indie movies, which are all around this era. He just sounds old and tired. Uh, so why couldn't we do something a little extra go the extra mile to make it sound good. Uh, any, any initial thoughts from you guys on that, that CG face and voice combo? I didn't mind it as much. And, and when we dig a little more deeper into this movie, I'll, I'll have, I have some issues with the CGI in this movie. Uh, hmm. it, it seems to be a trend a lot in, in some bigger movies nowadays with, with CGI. And it would, they've had discussions. We've had discussions about it with Disney, with um with like the Thor loving Thundercast and a few of the other movies where the CG's kind of is is not what you would expect. With with deep I don't want to say deep fake because it's not deep fake, it is legit CGI <clears throat> with uh with how they de age him. You know, like you, you mentioned they do it in Star Wars a few times, even with Princess Leia. I thought it was done pretty well. Um, you know, but they even they flubbed it a little bit, like Grand Moff Tarkin. That was bad. That was some bad CGI. This, I don't, it doesn't bother me as much. I thought it looked pretty good. I agree with the voice because I thought at first, it's at first when he starts talking, you're thinking, okay, he's, he's under distress. He's getting beat up a lot. So it's that like, maybe just has that, that just tone of where he's tired, like he's hurt. But then when he starts talking about it, he, he's saying like, your Berlin fell or whatever, Hitler, like Hitler's in hiding or whatever. And then you start hearing that, that like grisly part of his voice. And that's where I mm -hmm. agree with you, where the sound of this was not. And I feel like he wasn't talking as much during the opening scene. But when he did and you notice it, that they didn't de-age his voice, that it is a distraction. And I thought we're at the point in 2023 now with movies where we should be able they, they're they're getting to a point where they can almost perfect and bringing back like deep fake where you can do this stuff and make it look and sound like someone on Twitter can do it and make it sound like you're like, I I've seen people put 
Tom Cruise in Iron Man, and it it almost it looks like it actually Robert Downey Jr. was never in the movie, and it, it just I, I feel like whether or not they didn't want to spend the money on it or they just didn't want to it may, if it was rushed. Like I don't know if this was delayed at all uh in in the in the pipeline of of movies so were they up against a deadline because disney has a lot going on this year so they're just cranking movies out and their cga their cg teams probably cgi teams probably like working right now they've probably been working since like 4 a.m and and they're just constantly working on these special and and it's probably gonna you're gonna see the same thing with the marvels that it comes out it, it they're just the quality of of visual the, the visual technology that we have out there it's not meeting the standards and we're going to see it probably with movies where they're going to be more practical. Look at Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer said they're not, they didn't use any CG. So no one probably blew up a town cause he's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> um, and even Barbie has some CG to it, but that looks like a lot of the sets are practical and the backgrounds are, they look like cardboard. They don't look necessarily like a, they were computer generated. Um, so with Indiana Jones, it surprises me because it is a big property that, that everyone in the world's familiar with at some point and had some recognition of. And I feel like the opening scene, I, I will say about it, the opening sequence, the action in it is really good. The, some of the core, I do think like when, once they get to the train and the chase scenes, the CGI is bad, but I think what they do and what they're trying to do, I think it, it is pretty cool with some of the things that Indy was doing. Like when they split the dual bike up and he just miraculously ends up, Indy should be dead. He he should have been dead by like the <laughs> end of Raiders. It really, this guy gets away with so much. And Welcome so to movies. I, I, I under, yeah, I know we'll get in a little bit to that in a little bit, but um, yeah, I, it did bother the, the visual didn't bother me. I think later in the movie in certain scenes is when the C, the overall CGI really bothered me. The de-aging, I knew what they were doing and what they were trying to do. So I didn't, I didn't dwell on it too much because it's, I looked at it as, okay, they want a, a younger Harrison Ford. They tried their best, you know, an hour into a movie when I'm looking at another CGI scene, I'm, I would have been like, this is where I would have put my focus on and they didn't. So, Harry. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough for me because I think where movies really struggle with this is when they try to do this or like CGI face stuff over a long period of time. And this opening scene with this train chase is probably, you know, this movie is clocked in at about what two hours forty five minutes, give or take two and a half hours. It's about. Well, with trailers, you're looking at, yeah, about 250, 255. So, you know, I'd say this is like the first 25 to 30 minutes of the movie. Um, we get introduced to Mad Mickison's Dr. Voller character. We get introduced to Toby Jones's, you know, uh, Basil uh, Shaw, who is like indie sidekick in, in this adventure uh, in the beginning here. And I think... My biggest problem is, and maybe this is tied into the voice because I didn't think it was the voice for me. I thought it was just the emotions on the face when he had to yell something or when he had to get like, like the thing when you watch, you know, and I watched Indy one and last crusade because those are my two favorites before this. Um, And you just get to see the humor that he has the expression. Like that's the thing with Harrison Ford's face is so it's so expressive and he just has many different looks that he can go to like 
not even just like talking acting school stuff, but just being like the surprise face, the scared face. And just, you don't get that with this. And, you know, I, I think it works in more like dialogue friendly scenes. Like when they have him tied up and they're talking to him on the train, when they have him in the tower and he's tied up a little bit. But as soon as you have to start getting into like, all right, you know, Harrison, like read this line that says, I'm going to get out of here. And it's like, you know, like you guys said, it does. I didn't really notice the sound of the voice too much. Maybe that's just because, you know, I mean, uh, Greg, I know you saw an IMAX, but I just remember just, you know, a lot of noises happening, um, you know, in an IMAX theater of just, you know, explosions or whatever. But it just the reactions on the face or the expressions on the face just were a little a little light for me in regards to that. So it kind of took me out. And, you know, to be honest with these, they kind of always take me out. Um you know, I, I would have I wouldn't have minded some more like just shots of the back, you know what I mean, with him running with his hat on, or just some more back shots of him like fighting someone. Um, even if you had it because I was watching Last Crusade and like Sean Connery doesn't show up for the first forty minutes of the movie, and when they do the flashback with him, they have him say like two lines and they just show his hands. And right. I, I listen, we're not obviously gonna get that with the Indiana Jones. But this is like an entire, you know, and my my arch my arching theme of this is like this is why we're here watching an eighty year old Harrison Ford try and do this again because we don't do a good job with our young actors and actors in general to like try and give them a shot to like take over the mantle or to build the legacy of Indiana Jones. And then we have to retcon things because what do people want to see? They want to see Indiana Jones fighting Nazis in the forties. And it's like, okay, like, I think we can get more beats than this, but we have to have 80 year old CGI stuff. Like, you know, I, again, going back to the last crusade, it's like they had a young, young Indiana Jones, you know, with river Phoenix. And even when you watch his expressions, you know, it just like stands out so much. And, you know, that, that's where I think the ball gets dropped on this, you know, whether it was, you know, I, you know, I think it works in the sense of, you know, if you were 10 years old when you saw the first Indiana Jones and you're seeing this now, you're probably in your 60s. Um, so your eyesight's probably pretty poor anyway. So I don't think it makes much difference there. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm just generalizing. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, you know, I think it works with the element of the of the train ch- chase. But if you look at it, you know, too long or if you have a critical eye like we do. I think you end up just being like, yeah, there, there's some, there's some stuff missing here. Hmm. Well said. Uh, so right away we find out that the MacGuffin or at least what they lead us to believe is the MacGuffin is the spear of Longinus, AKA the spear of destiny. And God bless I gotta you. say, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say I was pretty, delighted that they at least worked this into the movie i i was talking with you guys offline prior to the show because you were asking about it and um you know for a long time a lot of people thought that that would be the next MacGuffin if they ever did a movie after last crusade uh just seemed like the the logical next step after having gone you know for the ark of the covenant and the uh the holy grail um, so it was pretty cool. Even if it ended up being a fake, I liked that little nod. I'm sure, you know, that was intentionally chosen as the Kinda mystical artifact. They want. Yeah. So very cool to see that. Uh, and then we end up finding out that the actual MacGuffin for the movie is the Antikytheros, uh, the dial of Archimedes, which 
was pretty interesting because I got to say, I was not aware. Uh, well, let me rephrase. I, I was vaguely aware of this artifact, but um, not, not, not a ton of insight. So I think it was an interesting choice and also interesting in how it impacts the plot much later on. Um, any thoughts from you guys on the choices of MacGuffins? Uh, just disclaimer, I'm not calling it anti, anti M or whatever it's <laughs> called. I'm calling, it, I'm calling it the dial destiny. Cause that's, it's in the title. Uh, sure. <laughs> so there, so, or Archimedes dial. I'm not pronouncing that other word. Um, <laughs> I, I know we talked a little bit before how, you know, they were looking for the Lance, um, of, of long, long genius. Is that it? If I'm pronouncing it right, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, yeah. So they were looking for a spear. Uh, yeah, I, Greg, I did not know that that was going to be the original MacGuffin for this, or at least, uh, you know, with the time frame of that would make the most sense because, you know, it, it, most of at least this, the three of his movies, including the Lance, he's going after artifacts like Christ artifacts. Um, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I think when we get, when we start going deeper into the plot of why they picked the, the dial of destiny, I don't. All this stuff, it doesn't, you know, I'm not as into archaeology as I, I probably think I am. Like when I watched Last Crusade, I looked a little bit, I actually, I will say that the Last Crusade got me into more about the Knights Templar and how much they, you know, their, the, the Crusades. So I've watched a lot of movies and, and actually read books on, on the Crusades. So that got me really interested in that topic. Um, Dial Destiny. I'm not going to go look at Archimedes' math equations and all that, uh, and and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't know anything about aliens and and skull things, but um, I I just I, I like when there's stuff that has that. There's a lot of history involved with it. And I'm not saying that it's not. There's not any history with this, but there's more content for me to dig into. This that and I still haven't looked into this Dial Destiny thing. Uh, if it's real and if it has time travel abilities. I don't know that. I can't. I you know. I don't know if that's ever can't been proven. Can't confirm or deny. Can't confirm or deny. Our man but, on the street um, doesn't know. Unreal. <laughs> Get out I, there. I, 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 Next I episode, do. he'll be reporting live from Area Fifty One. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have. <laughs> I I have like a weird hot take with Indiana Jones, and I and I will save it kind of maybe towards the end of this. Oh. Um. And it's not that's like it's, I, don't, I don't know if it would be a hot take. It's just more of like kind of like I would say an opinion, which is a hot take. But I uh, yeah I I, I will. I'll save that for a little bit, but yeah, it, it just—I I feel like the there's the majority of these movies have nothing to do. Like even I don't even know if Temple of Doom. I haven't seen that in a while. If that has anything to do with like they, just those stones, like are, are they artifacts? Or are they just I don't I don't know. Is there history Sankara involved stones, with that? Okay, yeah. Uh, real. Yeah, they are real. Okay, thank you. No, I've only seen no Temple power. of Doom like once or twice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I do I I do. I don't have much to say about the dial of destiny because um, I don't know too much. I know who Archimedes is and I know he like to do math. That's I, nice. I just felt like I was more invested in like, and I would say like last crusade, but there's more, more history behind this guy myself. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, don't worry. We're going to talk about Archimedes later. Sure. <laughs> Once we get to I, the end uh, of this. For me, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't really have any interest in when we go that far in history. Um, 
I think about a lot of spaceship. What is it? Spaceship Earth at Disney when you go through and they tell you like the sure. tale of time. Yeah, they take um, you back, and when you're fighting woolly mammoths with spears. Yeah, and it's just like that stuff. Like usually, when I get to about World War One, that's when I check in. Um, late 1800s. That's that's my go-to. Jeez. Um, Harry naps during yeah, the first 15 most, minutes of that ride. If it yeah. if it breaks down, well, you get a 20 minute right listen, there. Anyone who's ever been in college, there's at some point where you have to pick, you know, a history course and you have to pick like, you know, I guess early history and like, you know, I guess once the American industrial revolution starts and I had to do Western civilization. Yeah. I had to do Western civilization before 1600, before 1600. And then part two was after 1600. Yeah. Before I will say before 1600 was awful. A snooze it was, fest. It was a snooze. It fest. was bad. It was bad. Yeah. At post once we got to more modern day stuff. Exactly. It, I picked up, but I dude, I fell asleep a lot during that class. And once hands I, got to the advent of the N sixty four. Excuse me. Listen. Ooh, once we get into Star like, Fox, huh? I I think a lot of you know, and I would say the 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 son of Indiana Jones, I would say, is in a way uh, the Uncharted series uh, with Nathan Drake. And they they tie in a little bit of history as well, you know, um, w- same as Indiana Jones does. So once they start rolling and kind of introducing the things, you know, I'm not sitting there being like, is this historically accurate? Do I buy it um, in regards to it? So interesting choice, but, you know, over my head is in regards to that for for those, uh, you know, as I explained for college. So hit me up gotcha. with them 1800s, you know, let's get them Peaky Blinders. Hey. You know, all that good stuff. They that class didn't teach me one thing about Archimedes dial. So I no. went into this movie. I went into this movie just That's not Western civilization. <laughs> Do you know what happens in all those courses too? Dude, they no, realize... Western Civil well, no. Western Civilization like the before BC or whatever, well, I don't even know the name of the class. Yeah. It it focused on like European stuff. So it and yeah. then it then it then you get to the like the end of the class right. was now we're talking Western civilization. Yeah. But the other Dude, thing I, is, is like they get to, they always get to November and they're like, we're really behind. We got to catch up. And it's yeah. like, dude, we're cramming all the good stuff in the last like, month of the semester. Yeah, we're going to so, bang out yeah. the Spartans and then we're going to get caught up to the Salem witch trials in two uh. weeks. <laughs> so so you watched Meet the Spartans to catch up I watched, on history, I watched, right? I watched <laughs> yeah. 300. I watched 300 and then the beginning of uh, WandaVision, that one episode with the Salem witch trials. You, you started off your uh, essay with This is Sparta. Yeah. Um, According to Gerard yeah. Butler. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the thing, and I'm sure you guys can kind of tell already by, by my knowledge base, but I, I am a history buff. I love, love, love a good historical story uh yeah i'm not you know science there's uh it is what it is math um not a huge fan of but history absolutely love it there's so many different things to learn and places you can go and points all over the world i mean it's a vast world in modern day society as it is but then to trace everything back and see where all of those different cultures and societies came from and the things they went through just absolutely fascinating to me. Um, and the fact that the population was so small and faced so many significant setbacks, but humanity life found a way. Found uh, a way. But Shout this, out Lost is, World. this kind of uh, ties into my next point, which is, you know, uh, Indiana Jones's love for archaeology um, 
is really on display here and and history for that matter because i found it very interesting that you know in the face of advancement uh in particular the beginning of the movie we see the astronauts from the Apollo 11 mission to the moon have arrived back. They're having a parade, uh, a parade for them on uh, Main Street or whatever. And Jones does not care about that at all. He could give two craps. And it's I think that is a perfect fit for his character. He's like, you know, why why look beyond the the soil of the earth when there's so much we can still learn from from the countless millennia of the past uh and i i think that you know it's an interesting take one i hadn't necessarily thought of before like that particular viewpoint but also um some validity and it perfectly fits his his character and his narrative so rather than him being gaga at the marvels of the age which you know going to the moon and back um which, or the don't movie get me wrong, the marvels is, yeah or the movie the marvels uh, but don't get me wrong. I mean, that's that's exciting, and it is a tremendous feat, and definitely a, a leap for mankind. But uh, his his viewpoint is valid as well. So I thought that was a pretty cool take um, that we saw from him. And along those lines, also, uh, you know, we have our bad guy here, uh, Valder, played by mm. Mads Mikkelsen, and they tie into a real life thing, which was operation paperclip. And this was after world war two, the United States government, uh, Harry S Truman in particular brought in Nazi scientists, gave them a pass for their war crimes. As long as they agreed to help, uh, advance the American society, um, technologically. And we did get, some various developments from that American technology in general, rocket development, uh, military preparedness, space flight, space suits, all of that stuff came out of Operation Paperclip. And it's, um, I don't know, again, you know, being a history buff, this is something where I pause and, you know, take the time to think about it because obviously great things were accomplished in the wake of, these butchers and madmen um, being brought in and it's like, okay, does the reward of society being advanced outweigh the crimes that they helped perpetrate? And I'm not here to answer that question, but it is, it's an interesting thought exercise to sit there and, and kind of weigh those things and, and think about the gravity of them. Were you guys aware of Operation Paperclip before this? Uh, no, they didn't teach me that in that after 1600 or whatever BC or whatever class, but I did not know this existed. So uh, yeah. thank you for you know informing me that that was real. Um, so yeah, I, it's interesting. I will say the fact that they did include that in the moon landing stuff was pretty cool. Um, and you kind of look at the time because they uh, even with his neighbors, it is weird to hear Indiana Jones listening to music like that. I actually know. Or at least yeah. hearing music that I actually know. Um, I agree. It's and, jarring. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty weird. And seeing even seeing him in a city, like a big city, is just weird and out of place. Um, but yeah, I, I thought um, I, I I do like when they when these kind of movies, like fantasy movies, will incorporate real life things. So I I did not know that was that was a thing. I just thought these were just Nazi spies who 
I don't know whatever they were doing. Um, the fact that he said that he did like you know when they talked about Voller putting him on the moon, I thought that was interesting. And then, but I always looked at it as this guy has a, a, a another a something else up his sleeve, which right know, he did. But yeah, yeah, I uh, was familiar with it, but didn't know the exact name of it. I mean, uh, I love. Uh... Talking about World War II, learning about World War II. Um, I mean, the big thing that, you know, helped turn the tide in the war was the fact Germany's technology was superior to ours. Um, that's like a fact. It's just they couldn't produce things as fast as we could. You know, they were putting 10 planes in the sky. You know, they would shoot down five of ours and we would put 15 up the next day. Um, so that's where that whole American industry and, you know, we roll up our sleeves and do things comes from because that's what we did in World War II. Um, we literally just outbuilt and, you know, outlasted, you know, uh, the Germans in regards to that. So, again, that was something that helped her to tide. And then you have all these smart, brilliant people. And, you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit, Greg, but I mean, Oppenheimer is a perfect example of a movie that's going to come out where I guarantee you there's some there's some type of German scientist helping to create that or, you know, had probably early early prototypes, um, but just couldn't figure it out because they didn't have the time. Um, so so, yeah, it's it's not surprising to me that, yeah, the, we, the, there's a Nazi scientist who built these rockets or helped land a man on the moon for America but absolutely hates America. So, and that's kind of Mad Mickelson's role in this, um, you know, and he's, he's kind of the, the, the Danish, I think I'm pretty sure he's from Denmark, you know, the Danish, the Danish, you know, Tom Cruise uh, of his country. So he's kind of the goat. Uh, I love Mads Mickelson, super excited with his villain role in this, but yeah, operation paperclip, you know, I'm all, I'm all about that type of stuff. So some more history for the, for the audience out there. Glad to provide it. Yeah. Gonna drop one last bit. And this isn't, absolutely real thing that happened you want to have your mind blown go go on wikipedia and look up uh uh <laughs> project mk ultra that was a mm. real thing and woof, yeah crazy scary stuff yep um all right moving on uh so let's let's kind of dive into some of the actors and characters i'll, I'll save a lot the of new big people discussion yeah, there are and a some, lot of new faces to the franchise. Old, well, I mean, that, that comes Star Wars. with. Well, yeah, like two. Um, but I mean, that some look. Yeah, uh, the the franchise, the stars have aged. And so obviously you're not going to have uh, a lot of returning characters. But um, as far as, you know, some of those players, uh, I guess we'll start off with Toby Jones um, as Basil Shaw. Interesting choice to have him be a good guy, as it were. It seems like everything I see him in, he's usually playing kind of a, a sniveling bad guy. Um, he literally plays like... a Nazi in another movie in, in <laughs> yeah. Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, who gets folded in, or they try to fold him in, with yeah. uh, Operation Paperclip. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> funny connection there. But yeah, uh, he just, he looks like a little wormy, weaselly guy. He looks kind of like a grub worm. I don't know why. Toby, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean that in a terrible way, but you just, you remind Jeez. me of a little grub worm. I've, never, said, heard uh, anyone, I've, I've never heard anyone be called a grub worm before, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> hey, look, some people are blessed with uh, great looks and yeah, some people not so much, but, but you can still make it work. Uh, look at uh, Clint Howard. 
God bless him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Toby Jones, I liked his character, but it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not used to seeing him in uh, a heroic capacity. So I didn't really buy it that much. And I also, just from the gist of the trailers, uh, you know, my understanding was that he wasn't going to be super into the movie. Um, it seemed like he was just going to be in this past segment and sure enough, it was pretty much that. And the other thing too, was that this character was kind of reminiscent of, uh, was it John Hurt in the, in Crystal Skull? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was John Hurt. Um, you know, the crazy professor, whatever. Yeah. There's kind of like a similar character beat here, not necessarily to that extent where he went full on bug nuts, uh, insane. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It played a little too closely to that. So all of those things combined, I just, I couldn't really get into them. Um, I'll come back to you guys for, for all of these. I want to kind of run through yeah. them real quick and give my takes. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, I thought was a great addition to the cast. Really enjoyed her performance. Um, I thought she was, uh, man, I don't know. See, Marion is tough to beat from Raiders, but I think, I think hard. maybe Phoebe Waller-Bridge, her character from this was a close second in terms of female co-star for the the different series uh, or the different films in the franchise. So really happy with her. I she's got a got a lot of moxie kid. Uh had some had some spunk to her, some sass and uh you know, she wasn't completely good. She had a, a bit of a um not dark side per se, but I guess uh I don't know, streetwise side. She was hustling, you know. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, John Reese davies not a ton to say about him other than happy he was back. I'll be honest. I thought he was dead um, <laughs> until I saw that he was going to be in this movie. I thought he had passed, uh, but I was thankful to be proven wrong. He does look a bit gaunt in his old age, but um, yeah, there's a scene where him and Harrison like turned to run, I think. And I was like, oh, I hope I hope they're not on a journey together because, yeah. you know. We got some there, old men running. There is that scene where he goes, I brought my passport. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, solid. <laughs> Listen, he could have been the man Just in the room. Stay. He could have been on the comms. You know, there could have been there something. Was, there was – and and when we talk about a couple of the new people where – when I kind of go run through the cast and, and some of the new additions and some of the returning, uh, I just – he was one of them that – I don't. He shouldn't have been in this movie, but it's nice that he was. I mean, it's nice. That, I I don't hate him. I don't like hate his character, and I and he seems like a really like cool like cool guy in in person. Like in, in every reason, all I've seen him, he seems pretty nice. I just Greg Greg thought he was dead, and Chris said, "Get back in there. We don't need you in this movie." <laughs> Jeez Louise, dude. Uh, oh. No, look, no disrespect to him. It's just I hey, I read that somewhere. I hear you. Listen, you know what? Here's the other I thing mean, too. I they could have you know, him and Robbie Coltrane look pretty similar, and Robbie Coltrane yeah. definitely is gone. So I think maybe I mean, there might have been some of that. He he still could be. The movie could have been filmed like a year and a half ago. So I don't know. I'll fact yeah. check. 
welfare check on uh, Mr. <laughs> Reese Davies, please. Um, I will say, uh, so a couple things with him, with Sala. Uh, happy of the route that his character went where Indy helped get him over here. He got a job integrated into American society. Like that was, that was a cool little touch. Um, and two bits of dialogue he had, I really, you know, they were quick, but I really love them. And that it was the one line from the trailer where he's like, I, I wish to see the sea, Indy. you know, like mm. kind of that, that old man just yearning for one more adventure, even though he knows it, it can't happen. Um, I thought that delivery was really, really good. And then uh, there's another scene. I I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when it was. It might have been at the end when they decided to leave Indy and Marion um, alone, or maybe it was a different time. But Sala was walking out of somewhere, a, a room, and he started singing. Uh, and just like that was the spirit of Sala from like the previous films, you know, he's very jovial still. Like there is that side to him where, you know, he can get down if, if the situation calls for it, but, uh, but he's also just a really sweet heart of a guy, almost kind of like a, an old school sailor, I guess. Uh, but happy that happy that we had him. And I think he was used effectively, uh, not over or underused. Boyd Holbrook, I thought, was going to be the main villain. So I was kind of surprised that it was mostly Mads Mikkelsen. And granted, I think this was brought on by the the trailers. They they showcased Boyd Holbrook a little more. Uh, wasn't too thrilled with his performance in here. Wasn't... I, I'm assuming he was not German because they showed him studying German from a book. Yeah, but he was a mercenary slash sympathizer. I don't know. Like, I they don't really dive into it. Uh, I heard a take on this uh, on on another podcast where I I think he met. Uh, I think Doctor Voller met Boyd at a at a rally down south, and uh, he ended up uh, easily <laughs> succumbing to being a part of the uh, the movement there. Um, that makes sense. To it, so. I wouldn't that be surprised, sense. but that that's a, that's a part of the problem <laughs> you're 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 explaining with his character is like there's no real backstory for him of like why he's here. He's obviously he works probably lives in the U.S. because usually Boyd Holbrook has a little bit of a twang to him, right. you know, whether he be Tex, you know, from Texas or something. I don't know exactly where he's from, but that's how he always sounds to me. Um, but yeah, that's the problem with his character is that you know there's no real. <laughs> introduction into how he got here or why he's a part of the team yeah i well i mean the I, bad so guys i should say i get i get that he's a merc right hey yeah. we, he's a hired gun for voller to ensure the mission is completed whatever okay right but then like in the final acts he just throws on the nazi uniform and it's like what yeah. <laughs> like at what point like, you're fully committed to the cause Right. Yeah. Like at what point did you stop being, Hey, I'm in this for the money and being like, yeah, that's, that's, I'm going to rewrite history I'll for the follow Nazis. you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> exactly. Well, you guys uh, have just, both seen Logan, right? Oh, I love them. Yeah. Logan. Logan. Right. It's the same guy. It's the same character. I think and until the Nazi part, then he puts, then he's, I a, think he old. has a little bit more to do in Logan. And I mean, that's also yeah. a James Mangold I, movie. I, don't, I think his performance I mean, was also better in Logan. I yeah I I just feel like it's the same kind of because he comes out of nowhere and he's the he's somewhat he's basically the villain in this I just felt like 
he just I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. No, you're, he was you're better than Logan, wrong, but yeah. I feel like it's very a similar role to yeah. Logan. You're on you're on point with that. I think a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then that last son? one, I'll... what's that? Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook? Is, that Hal... is that his Google son? It. You got Google at your oh, fingertips, yeah. my bro. I I've don't know. Fact checking. Yeah. I could have sat. I yeah, sat my on man that on one. the street. Get away. out there. Uh, and then last one I'll touch on before I turn it over to you guys. Mads Mikkelsen, uh, chef's kiss, man. I don't look, I don't know if I've ever seen him in a role that I've disliked. He's just, he's a tremendous actor and he has a unique look, uh, which also helps serve him, uh, in, in those roles. And, um, yeah, he, he always, or not always, but generally plays a bad guy. He is very well suited for it. And uh, I thought he was probably, outside of Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the, uh, the other standout new addition in this movie. So happy that he was there. Uh, kind of wish, kind of wish we got his motivation a little earlier in the movie. Like, I feel like that's another thing where we don't get it until the end. And it's like, all right, you want to do something with this? You're you're in it to to get power. But like, what's the play here? Like, what's the plan? Why are we doing all this? Uh, I felt like that could have been explained a little earlier in the movie other than, oh, no, the bad guy's trying to grab power. We need to stop him. It's like, OK, but but what's he going to do with it? Like, let me know the stakes for this, you know? So, uh but overall, Mads loved them. Uh, all right. I talked enough. You guys, what do you think about the cast uh, minus Harrison? Uh, Harry, how about we start with you? Yeah, I mean, Toby Jones, uh, I mean, he's really kind of only used for the first half. But, I mean, he does, you know, the typical role that you see a Toby Jones character doing. Um, plays a little bit crazy. Um, kind of plays a little bit off of the foil off of Indy. It, it's such a shame to me. And I mean, I guess, you know, John, uh, John Reese Davies is probably like the closest sidekick that he's had throughout all the movies, but it's just such a shame that like, we got Marcus Brody, but he yeah, passed. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it's just like this. I mean, this is the problem with having a movie come out in 1981 and then trying to do it in 2023 is you don't have that like, Oh, it's indie and so-and-so on another adventure. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, we kind of have to introduce these new characters and I think it works because you have an actress like Phoebe Waller bridge, who you kind of have to make, make sense of like, why is Phoebe Waller bridge English? And, you know, like, all right. So we get a little bit of a, a tie in there with, you know, her and Toby Jones. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about John Reese Davies. Uh, we talked a little bit about Boyd Holbrook. Um, you know, he's got to get more shots up in 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 these movies. Uh, he kills it in Narcos. If you guys never have seen Narcos, um, I think you know honestly, I don't see any reason why he couldn't have taken the the bridge of Indiana Jones from Harrison at some point. You know, or maybe even from another actor who took it from Harrison. Um, in regards to some point, um, I could easily see him doing a role like this the problem is with this you know in a sense and i know we'll talk later towards the end about you know how do we feel about the franchise and all that stuff but like the problem is is you can't make an indiana jones movie like an indiana jones movie uh what i mean by that is like it has to be called indiana jones because then no one's gonna see it you can't do a boyd holbrook as this swinging you know adventure adventure romancing the stone type Nathan Drake from the video games and charted type without titling it something like that. And so that's kind of the problem here with that. Um, we talked a little, I talked already a little bit about Mads. I think he's the goat. Um, 
you know, he, he obviously plays a great villain is which he does a lot for American audiences. Um, but I would suggest checking out some of his other work that he's done where he's, he's the main star of, um, and Phoebe Waller bridge, man. Um, you said chef's kiss to Mads, uh, Phoebe Waller bridge is, is the tops here for me. Uh, easily the best part of the movie, easily the best actor in the movie, easily the best energy in the movie. Uh, so many things that were just bouncing off of me being like, you know, and I'll, I'll say it. I'm not afraid of a, of a hot take. Hand her the hat and, you know, let's get the next adventure started, uh, in my opinion. So if you don't want that to happen, I don't care. Um, that's just my opinion coming out of it. So um, really, really enjoyed her character a lot. Um, a character you didn't mention, um, and I don't even I'm not even 100 percent sure of his name, but Teddy um, Isaac. Oh, yeah. What, yep. what was the young kid's name? And this uh, Ethan Isidore. Uh, nothing against that kid, but I'm sick of this Spielberg genius kid stuff. Um, he tries to fly a plane at some point in the movie. He's handy with everything. Um, uh, not tries. He does. Fly he does. Plane. Not, <laughs> and he doesn't even fly it through normal, normal. Yeah. He flies it through yeah, an yeah, okay. through right. a time portal. Yes, exactly. All right. So you guys are you guys are with me. You're, on this. you're underselling it, my friend. I'm so sick. Like, I don't understand why Phoebe can't have like a guy best friend or even a girl best friend who's just a handy man or woman or like a teammate of hers or, you know, Indy's bringing along somebody with him who's just, you know, not a not like mutt, but maybe some somebody similar where it's just like this is his kind of go to guy. And yeah, it's just I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't need the genius kid who solves every problem, who can fly a plane and land it through a portal and heavy downpours of rain. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that was just annoying to me. So I'll toss it over to hands. Um, obviously, I gave you know a couple hot takes in there. So um, wasn't my intention, but that's just the way I feel. So run with it. Go ahead, nope. hands. No, nope, I agree with you on that last point about the kid actors. Teddy was basically short round. In, in in the Dial of Destiny. Mm. He was Short Round's character. Anyone who's not familiar, Short Round was played by um boy, his name's slipping my name in my uh, slipping <laughs> right now. Um but uh Kihoi Kwan. Kihoi yeah. Kwan, yes, in Temple yeah. of Doom. Uh it's the same character. I it it, it really is. It just it, it's it's a different name and a different time. But I, I it's And a mustache. And a little and a mustache. <laughs> Um, and he doesn't have a hat. Maybe he's nothing like um, Short Round, but his his character is Short Round. I agree. I do. I cannot stand when there's like these child these child prodigies that like you're right. He flew a plane through a time portal back into Archimedes' day, and he's still flying it around, dodging big spears and spear fire. things and all. Yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah, it's still. Um, yeah, well, I, so it's interesting because, like, I I get where you guys are coming from, but I really did not have a problem with him. When he flew the plane, that jumped the shark for me. Like, that was an instant yeah. eye roll. But everything prior to that, I was like, all right, I can vibe with this. I can understand him driving, like, one of those little golf cart things through the, the, the tuk tuk. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I was going to get really mad if he used some kind of term like, you know, short rounds, big line in Indiana and Temple Doom is no time for love, Dr. Jones. And if he would have said something like that, I probably would have got up and walked out. Yeah. And just like, nah, I'm sorry. You're too much like short round. 
I think for me, it's just like with, and not even just this movie, just in general, like we give kids like way too much credit. Um, now don't get me wrong. There's some super geniuses out there, but every time like our hero happens to run across the one kid who can like do all this or is partnered with, you know, the one person who he needs the help from. I just, I'm sick of it. It's very Spielbergian. And like, let's just put adults in the room. Why, why couldn't Boyd Holbrook be Phoebe Waller-Bridge's like sidekick? Why? Well, you're not wrong about that point, but to your point about, you know, kid geniuses or whatever, look at it this way. Just as the hero is more than your average human, of course, he's going to run into somebody who is also above average. So everything everything is turned up to 10. You know what I mean? No, I got you. I got you. Also, I don't know how old Teddy is. Teddy could be like 18, you know what I mean? Or 17. (laughs) So calling him a kid, you know, it's not like he's a 10 year old. He's on the JV team. Yeah. You know, that's fair. So, yeah. But I I just, Um, I'm just, I looked at it and as soon as it was like, oh, he's following. It was like, for me, it was an eye roll. He's going to save today in his little beat up plane. Yeah. <laughs> Fly it through time and space. Yeah. Um, Mance Mickelson on, on my note, uh, I haven't seen a movie in in 2020s that he's not in. Uh, he's just everywhere. Uh, good for him. He's a great actor and nothing against him. Uh, I thought he was, he was a good villain. He, I feel like it, to Harry's point where, to, you know, to the Western audience or to American audience, it's like, we need a villain. Mads probably has something. He probably just chalks up like two, three weeks. We can get him. Um, I haven't yeah, really look seen for him, him play. Look for him in Wonka, where he plays Tony Gloop, the uh, no, he's going to be grand no, gonna, Aaron of oh, Augustus Gloop. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you. Here, you know, another prediction for Wonka <laughs> is that they're going to introduce that what's his the guy, the bad guy. Um, what's his name in in Wonka? Slugworth. Oh, Slugworth, and it's going to be played by Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> that role was built for him. That's a Mads Mikkelsen role. Um, yeah, he he. he you can tell chest, he maybe. has fun in. in in these kind of roles where he's, he's a villain. He just eats up whatever he's like. He just loves doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, or he just loves the, the paycheck that comes with it. But either way, he, he doesn't, he doesn't half ass it. He doesn't he really, phone it he, in. Yeah. He goes, he goes all the way. Yeah. Um, Phoebe Waller bridge. Uh, I, 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 she was the most charismatic person of this movie. Um, I, I don't know too much of her resume outside of dial of destiny. I know she's in that show flea bag. Uh, yeah, I don't know what channel it. it's on. Um, it's on uh, Amazon. It's not on a channel. So, all right. Sorry, Mister. Uh, um, I'm just trying to help sorry. you find it for uh, when you want to okay. watch it. Okay, nerd. Um, sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I thought she was she was a good addition. I know there was talks that where I don't think her original last name was going to be Shaw. She was supposed to be. I, I don't know if I again if I read this in the early drafts list where she was supposed to be Brody's daughter ah interesting her name i think her name was supposed to be i i might i if i that might be mandela effect but i thought she was supposed to be brody's granddaughter or something where indy (laughs) was going to be the godfather which i guess makes sense i don't know that would make more sense to me i think um isabella cumberbatch (laughs) was her original (laughs) name (laughs) yeah (laughs) very british (laughs) um so I, I thought she was good. She was very – I don't think I, – I will – I'll disagree with giving her the reins of the Indiana Jones franchise. No one wants sure. to watch Helena Shaw in The Last Crusade. It just doesn't flow. Um, but I don't know. I just I, – I thought she was good. She was – I, I don't think she can handle a role this big in this kind of a franchise yet maybe. But I yeah. know she has a well, – she's kind of up and coming. 
as so. we know, you're always underestimating women, so that's perfectly fine. Um, but what a I was weird gonna, spot to put me in. <laughs> I was going to say – I kid. Jeez. I kid. I was yeah, going to say I'm actually – I'm, okay. All right. If you, whatever you want to, That's whatever side it. you're taking. Yeah. I will say, actually, I take back what I said about her taking the hat because that means Teddy's got to be there, and I'm all out on Teddy. So I take it all back. Actually. That's true. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a package. Yeah. Um. Everyone else that's in Sala, he does not need to be in this movie. He really doesn't. Like, <sighs> like he, he should have been back the, for the fans, man. I and you know what? He's the only callback until uh, what's her name shows up, Marion. Yeah. I, I, I just I, well, I don't know. Also, well, they, just maybe. real quick, they bring Sala in after Indy's like possibly framed for murder, and then they never circle back to that because the only people who they could arrest in regards to <laughs> thinking he was like accused of a double murder at his job are stuck in Syracuse in the time portal. Like, how did they clear that? How did they clear that? So they just right, blame so it on Nazis. I've- yeah. yeah, yes, you're right. It is. It 60s. is a plot hole. It is a plot hole. But I'm also chalking it up to the government covering it up because um, the the one character, yeah. the female character that was, that was working with Voller, uh, yeah. was I think part of the CIA or some government agency. So yeah, Chanel, Yes, it's not explicitly Renee stated. Wilson, Mace, who plays Mason, as is that okay. character Mason. Um, it's not explicitly stated. I'm assuming they just swept everything under yeah. the rug. But, listen, yeah, but yeah, yeah you're listen. right. It is like they just leave it and forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Just blame That's it the on whole the point Nazis. While Salah shows up, he's like, "Get Salah, let's go." Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I like, I just feel like he could have been used. Uh, there's a line where Indy says something like, "I know the best diver" or whatever. I got a guy in, on the inside somewhere. He makes a reference before we meet who I did not know it was him. Antonio Banderas' character had no idea whatsoever. I didn't even know he was in this movie until I read Harry's notes and I had to check. Um, he's yeah, not really in the movie. So like he's there I, for about whatever. 10 minutes. I, I'm just saying I didn't know he was even yeah. supposed to be in it. Um, to put Sala in that character. He doesn't have to be like a, 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 an active yeah. diver. But I, like, I, I didn't need to see Sala for five minutes give Indy a little speech. And almost make Indy get hit by a car, and then come back later for some ice cream. That's not. That's not what I yeah. want. I don't know. But it's not what I want. I'm just. I, I just <laughs> did not need to be in here. But instead, they're like, "Oh, I know a guy. I I know the best diver in the world. Let's introduce a new character that you never met before, mm. that Indy never mentioned before in life." Um, yeah. So what, bro? Well, yeah, he's uh, been on other he's adventures had, that we don't know about. A million travels. Just, just we've wait. We've only seen it. We've only seen a couple of them. So let me listen. I'm sure he's got friends all over the globe. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know. But then we're gonna get to Toby Jones's Shaw, um, who is you know best friends with Indy for a while. But you know there is, and I wrote this down as we were talking between Dial of Destiny and um and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. King of Crystal Skull takes place in 57. There's no mention of Shaw at all. Nothing at all. Or that the fact that he has a daughter. There's I mean, this guy. Yeah. It's his best yeah, friend. It wasn't and he's tied the to that adventure. It doesn't matter. It's his goddaughter or something. <laughs> Instead, we got Shia LaBeouf and, 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 and his character who they didn't want to bring back. So they kill him. Um, it just, I, I, it just bothered me. I hate when they do that because it's like this guy was so important to Indiana Jones, but there was a whole movie before that. They didn't even mention him. And, Bro, we all right. Let me let me put it this way. Let's see. Let's see if we can go this route. 
I, you and I are very good friends. Very good. We've known each other decades. Jeez, uh, I do not know every single friend <laughs> that you have, you know, and likewise, yeah, but, you, but, you uh, with I. So uh, it stands to reason that can happen to other people. Yeah, but I, I guess, but I just, I don't know. I, I, yes, I do agree. Like, we don't know each other's, like, everyone. Like, I may have some secret friends that you don't know about, and that's fine. <laughs> secret um, friends. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you're close enough where my son wants to go to a trampoline park with you. And, and that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just feel like, there should be – there should have been some – I don't know. Well, they can't reference it in Crystal Skull because it came out like 15 years ago. But right. it just it just seemed like they, they were just introducing the, for the, the sake of just – I don't know. I mean that's, right. that's – Here's, here's – we'll split it. the yeah. difference. We'll get a special edition of Crystal Skull. They'll retcon a line of dialogue <laughs> and talking <laughs> about his best friend Shaw. There we go. Put Toby Jones in it and that's it. Yes. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Um. So yeah, I just it bothers me when they did that because it's just I feel like it there's not that that it's not long between like I don't know, it was like 15 years between beginning of Dial of Destiny in 44 and then Crystal Skull takes place in 57. I did a lot of research on these dates while you guys were talking a little bit ago. So um it, but there's just no there's no mentioning of Shaw at all. So mm. and or mm. Antonio Banderas diver character or Whatever, but the one character they mentioned, Sala, he's driving a cab and he's in it for three minutes and he eats ice cream and and that's it. And no one just makes Indy get killed. Um, that's, his, that's his day one, but the other ones are just a part of the journey, my man. <laughs> Whatever. Anybody have anything else about like the first half of the movie in general? No. I mean, I will say the New York scene, I thought he, as much as it uh, had poor CGI. Well, no, sorry. The early scene, you guys have referenced the poor CGI. I thought the New York stuff looked really good. Um, I thought it was kind of a I don't know if it was because of all the stuff that was going on. But um, this also leads to the kind of the bigger moment for me where like a lot of this movie just seems to be a chase. Like we go from, you know, the French Alps, you know, and 1944 to the New York chase to, we're off to Tangier. We're we're in the what did you call them? The Tut Tuts, in yeah, Tuck Tuck, Tuck Tuck, and yeah. we're driving around in those, and then we're off to Greece. But then we run in the Voller again. So yeah, it's just a continuous kind of you know running. And I mean that's usually how the sometimes how the indie movies go. But um, it was just funny how. But I, I thought that looked really good. Or I I like that scene a lot. Like you said, that brings together a lot of the. 69 space race and we introduced the Valor and, and stuff. So I thought it just looked cool. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So moving forward, we get a uh, emotional scene, you know, when, when Indiana Jones uh, is on the boat um, prior to their dive, he's talking with uh, Phoebe Waller bridge character. And um, I'm sorry. What was, what was her first name? Helena? Helena? Was Elena? Helena? Helena? We'll say Helena. 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 Uh, yeah. He was talking Margaret. he was talking with Helena and uh, you know, they talk about what he would change if he could go back. And he says, oh. um, you know, his son's fate. Uh, and that's when we learn the fate of Mutt Williams, where he uh <laughs> he dies in Vietnam, he enlists and uh is killed. And um 
I don't know. I So it's interesting because there was a lot of people asking the question prior to this, which makes sense about, you know, what what happens to the character? Is he referenced? Blah, blah, blah. And I actually think not only was that a um, a good way to write him off, but that scene was one of the more emotional scenes in the movie. I thought it was pretty well done and uh, acted well um, by all parties. So pretty cool, albeit sad uh, scene there. Um, then we're kind of going on uh, in the, the search for the rest of the dial and uh, as well as the, uh, the codex. Well, I think this was after they got the codex that, uh, that said where the second half of the dial was, but yeah, um, that's in Greece. they, they find the codex to go to us. Uh, I guess Sicily, the ear, to, the ear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They go to the ear. Uh, so we have everybody kind of on the, the chase for that. And Teddy gets, tied up with the bad guys <laughs> they capture him and so there was this one henchman who was just a hulking blonde dude a uh, hulking german guy i mean this guy was huge and one of the things i could not stop thinking about throughout the course of this movie was god i hope they don't have an 80 year old man beat this guy in a one-on-one fight <laughs> i just know I, I like i'm serious i know it's funny but like i just i kept thinking how are they going to get past this guy like i don't want to see that because it's not yeah. that will just completely shatter any any suspension of disbelief whatsoever and I thought the way that they got around it was pretty clever where they, they handcuffed them to Teddy. Teddy takes them over the bridge. They're in the rapids or whatever. And they get caught underwater. Teddy handcuffs the guy, slips the cuffs and handcuffs the guy to the, uh, the great problem solved. And I thought that was a genius move and so happy. They didn't force any type of physical confrontation with Ford. Cause dude, this dude takes one shot at Indy and Indy's gone. Like, sorry, he just, he will burst into a thousand pieces. He turned into dust. Yes. So thankfully they didn't go that route and they they took care of that. Got to fast forward a little bit more and we get to kind of the the climax where they assemble the dial fully uh, and they are enacting Voller's plot to go back in time and go through the, uh, the, the time fissure or portal, whatever. And they go back to the siege of Syracuse. Um, and there's a big debate about Indy staying. He wants to stay and, and remain there. And I guess my question to you guys is, should he have stayed? Uh, does it make sense for me? I think I'm happy with the ending we got, but if, if he would have stayed as long as he chose not to impact history, um, I think it would have, been fine it would have fit he also was kind of on death's door so i don't know how long he would have lasted anyway <laughs> he had about like 15 um, 20 minutes left like right but but i do think it would have been cool if he stays he passes away and then we're now in some alternate timeline two thousand years in the future and guess what they found his jacket and hat and it's up in a museum and they say, hey, this is like chronologically inaccurate. It's impossible. It's an inconsistency. But, you know, we found this and it's an interesting artifact from the Battle of Syracuse. And now it's in a museum. And it's like he's become part of 
the legend, part of the thing that, you know, he was always seeking. So I think that would have been an interesting ending. But as it stands, I'm happy that they went the route they did. Uh, Siege of Syracuse, should Indy have stayed? Uh, I have a, a big issue with the Siege of Syracuse scene because um, – and and I this this I don't want to get too into a debate because debates like this have almost ended uh, Harry and I's friendship in 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 <laughs> legitimate legendary circumstances of, of of the instant message days on many AOL. late nights many a late <laughs> nights um, I have a problem because there's a giant time paradox that that results in this this whole scene with the siege of Syracuse because uh, Archimedes says. You were always meant to come back, so that's why you look on his on his tomb, and it has the 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 um the German plane that was like the dragon that they had. That's why he was wearing Voller's watch. watch, yeah, the watch. So he had all these items, and it was always Indy was always meant to go back to that time. But there's a problem with that is because at some point the loop had to begin. Yeah. For and and that's why that's what like the first thing that kind of bothered me where I'm like, is that a is that a is that a time paradox? Am I legit thinking way too much into this fantasy movie where Harrison Ford just time traveled hundreds and thousands of years? I don't know. No, it's but, a, it's a legit thing. It's called the grandfather paradox because you know the the prime example they right. always use it's is like, if you go back and kill you become Hitler, your own grandfather. Oh, that I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. You come back. No. Around, oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot Grand- the other one. Um. <laughs> But I, I forget what it was like – oh, maybe I'm like thinking of the string theory. I don't know. Um, but – We're really I, getting yeah, into it on this episode, folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you guys said we're really getting into it on this yeah, episode. History but like, and string but, theory. But you understand that like constantly like the time loop is that it, it, it's – Indy was always supposed to go back in time. And – but there had to be a toy for Archimedes to build this machine that Indy could go back in time but where Indy could not have gone back in time. Yes, that was the initial timeline, and then Indy goes back in in the continuation of that timeline, and then creates the paradox. But no, you're but right. The, it, they it already go to the grave. Different. Yeah, they already go to the grave, and it already has those items in there. So, like the plane was already on his coffin or the grave, and he already yeah, had the happened. watch. Yeah, it right. already yeah, happened. That, yes, there was that timeline where. He he built it without ever meeting Indy, right? And then Indy goes back, and that starts the loop. I guess. All right. I guess <laughs> I could see that argument there. Maybe I, I'm just kind of like, I, no. What I you even posited that you were correct. Like it's it's an alternate timeline, and then the timeline gets changed, and now there's this paradoxical loop that will continue forever. Yeah, there's... unless Indy goes back and kills himself and, to prevent well, him from meeting the other. The other thing <laughs> is, is, is does does Archimedes ever make it without realizing that he did make it? Yes, in the original timeline that Hans is it's, talking it's about, all the before same there timeline. was interaction. Yeah. No, there there was oh boy. one straight timeline, and then buckle and up then with Indy. This. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm like, I'm making gestures with my hands, and and it's crazy. Um, no, there, there's the original timeline where Archimedes yeah. makes it. He never knows that it works, right? Uh, no, or maybe he always, maybe he thinks he does. No, because he he talks about the Fisher. They were always supposed to go back for this timeline to stay on task. I think you're taking that line literally when it's not meant no. to. No, listen. But there's... how does he have Voller's watch? 
in the in his grave before that's, they even go back in time because it's all in the same timeline. If you, I, I got to suggest a show to you guys, and I know I've talked about it before. The writers of this movie, whether it be James Mangold or whoever helped watch them, they definitely were they definitely were, you know, having a little something and watching Dark on Netflix. Um, and this show Dark on Netflix is Chris. This would have been your whole personality ten years ago. And if you watch this now, <laughs> I swear to God, you'll be Charlie Day in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia talking about Pepe Sylvia. And the Pepe Sylvia. Because Pepe. I, I swear to God, I, I've gotten Sean hooked on the show. But the the whole the whole thing with it is is that in that in that show, and this isn't a major spoiler, but it's just there there is a thing of like. How can you know to how do you know you're able to make this? Because he's obviously in the process we see of Archimedes making this without actually making it like without actually realizing I can make this because there is the propellers. And I think like you guys are saying, if Indy does stay, that changes the course of history that would divert the timeline. But Archimedes was always supposed to meet Indy on that day. And that (laughs) battle with the dragon, you know, in quotes, happened that day. And everything happens because he has Voller's watch. We see it on his gravestone with the propeller. That is what happens. And so in order for that to happen, Indy has to be on that flight to go back in time with the Dial of Destiny to meet Archimedes. All right. So stay tuned for our new pod, uh, Time <laughs> okay. for a Change, where right. we discuss time travel theories. Harry, <laughs> Harry actually, and, and Harry just changed my mind on the end of the cre- on, on no, not entire and, and what I believe in and time travel and all that. I still stick my guns on that. But my 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 thing that I have with like Raiders and people say with Raiders and even Last yeah. Crusade is I think Early Crusade is a per- Last Crusade is almost a, a near perfect movie. Is that Indy never like. Indy doesn't need to be involved in these circumstances where things just happen to the bad guys where he doesn't have to – like Raiders, he does not have to get involved. The Nazis are going to open the arc and they're all going to die. Like that – that Indy's involvement in that have it does not result – like the final climax, Indy cannot – does not have to be involved in that. You're right, but <laughs> what Even happens the last crusade. then – what happens then is the Nazis overall were aware that the Ark was at that location. So another group comes and they work experiments on it. You know, ultimately they're going to find fine. a way yeah. around it. Yeah. Okay. And then like – and even like – even Last Crusade, if the Nazis get a hold of the, the Holy Grail, then they can't leave. Yeah. They can't yeah. leave the thing. So Indy honestly could have just – I mean he sh- they shot his dad. His dad wanted to find the Grail. So he kind of at that point had to. But like, even if the not if the bad guys won in quotes, they wouldn't have won. They would have just been like they can't use the Grail. And this is the same here. Like Harry was saying, like Harrison Ford, like Indy was always supposed to go back to that point. Makes he, a little more sense now. But he wasn't supposed to stay. If he stays, that's but he wasn't the supposed to stay. Breaks Correct. Off. Yeah. Correct. So I was more along the lines of like, no matter what happened, if Indy was on that plane or not, the Nazis still, the new Nazis still would have died flying the dragon they like no they wouldn't have won yeah. at all so indy's involvement but then i see well, like him going back and letting also, him to know that the device works i only yes, saw it once i want i wanted to see it twice but does the dial get left with archimedes or do they bring that back they bring it back because when indy wakes up it's his, right it's bedside it's, yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. so okay. indy can just yeah. go back whenever he wants hit that yeah. dial and he's like yo archimedes yeah. like what's up but well, archimedes he has to find a fisher has yeah but well, yeah, it, it looks like archimedes yeah, it looks like Archimedes is struggling with how to make this, and he, you know he sees that he he does indeed solve this and make it. So in <laughs> essence, 
that can that allows him to know that this can be built. Uh, should right. Indy have stayed here? Um, no, I think you were bringing up a really good point, and I almost lost it when we went on time travel corner. Um, but you were bringing up a really good point about I think if you were going to let's say create Phoebe Waller Bridge as the next Indiana Jones. It makes perfect sense to let him stay there. And like you said, hang is like, have this artifact of like, this is how it changed history. And we're on a new timeline. <laughs> the fact that he returns and Helena brings him back. And, you know, we have that final scene of him grabbing the hat. You know, I think that's just kind of a more of a book closure on this Indiana Jones saga in a way. So um, should he have stayed? I would say no, because I did like the ending we got. Um, but I think if you're going in the direction of trying to create a new universe or in the multiverse of Indiana Jones, um, you know, that's the, always the hot button topic with Marvel. I think you go with that different ending of him staying. Uh, on a side note, like, so I had this, I had this thought like maybe last, last month when I was watching last crusade and I always thought that like Sean Connery, character should have stayed as the new like knight to protect the grail since he was oh, yeah. and i always thought like instead of you know the, the grail falling into a hole or something or like he decided to stay and like have eternal life because he understands that he can't go farther but then you know as i think about like the relationship that he had with indy like was built yeah then it would have been rough i mean indy could have went back to see him anytime he wanted but. that fate though is also almost like a punishment <laughs> So and that's yeah. why, like, the more I think about him, like, he probably would have been happier with Indy, like, and now that their right. relationship was kind of rebuilt. But right. no, I don't think Indy should have stayed. I, I think it just kind of, if maybe it was more during, I, I don't know if I say this, if it was more during like Christ times where most of his his adventures, or at least the good ones, involve like the Ark of the Covenant and uh, and the Holy Grail, like, I could see him going back in that. But there's no, yeah. Why would he get stuck in Archimedes' time for 15 minutes? Like, uh, or maybe they have the medicine to cure him. But why that time? Like, why is this the time you're like, I decide to stay? I don't know. I think like, he's I'm like, like saying he's on, he's on death's door. Like, let me get some final days, like, observing what it was like, you know, like, as an like, archaeologist. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. But I'm going to die here anyway. I, I mean, I, 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 at this point, were, he had nothing yeah. to go back to. We're talking an eighty-year-old man bleeding from like his gut, like or whatever. Right. Like I think yeah. he'll probably he really, say anything. The air quality should have killed him too. Like with the being in that plane, quality. like and I no, I'm serious. Like the air pressure probably yeah. was not helping that wound at all. You're not wrong. <laughs> Go ahead, Papa. Um, all right. Well, I just want to talk about the end and wrap things up a little bit more. But we get the reunion with Marion and the happy ending. I really enjoyed that. There was a callback to Raiders with the, you know, where does it hurt and the kissing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was Cute. nice to see them reunited. Um, you know, we find out in the beginning that they're going through a divorce. And then when we have the discussion about Mutt, um, we find out that's the reason she's leaving is because he wasn't able to help support her through their grief. Uh, so I think that that ending works. Um, overall, you know, we talking about the action of Indiana Jones uh, in Dial of Destiny versus uh, the action in Crystal Skull. I liked the action more in this because I found it more believable. Like if you look back on everything Indy does, he actually yeah. doesn't do a ton in this. And that is perfect. There's a little bit of stuff when they're doing the street chase with the tuk-tuks and all that, and he, like, jumps from one to another, where it's like, eh, I don't know. 
But when they're climbing in the ear, um, which is a weird sentence to say, uh, you know, he even references, hey, I'm thinking about how old I am and my shoulders hurt and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm glad that we're acknowledging this. And it's not just, you know, some miraculous thing that this guy is able to uh, to still hang and do these adventures. So very happy that they were at least a little more realistic in that regard versus Crystal Skull. Man drank from the cup of Christ. He's eternal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say, too, this movie, um, even though it was directed by James Mangold and not Steven Spielberg, it, it brought back a tiny, just a tiny bit of Spielberg magic to the franchise without Steven. Uh, I felt like that magic was totally missing from Crystal Skull. Like I said, you, I don't think you can tell that it, it's a, a Spielberg movie, but here... I think they brought it back and uh, even just a tiny fraction. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, I did find the movie a bit long. Definitely should have been trimmed down, but uh, overall, not bad for, um, for his final outing. Uh, supposedly uh, the only thing I'll add to this and we can go around, give our ratings and you guys can do final comments too, but um, please just, no more spinoffs, nothing, no spinoffs, no sequels, nothing with this franchise. I get, you know, Disney's got an IP and they want to get money out of it, whatever. Maybe in 10, 15 years, if you want to try and do young Indiana Jones again, sure. Don't reboot this. Don't cast anybody. Don't give me a hell in a spinoff. Don't give me mutton Vietnam. Like, I don't want any of that. Like, we have the best that we can get from now it's not going to get any better it's only going to get worse let leave it alone let the memories lie and and we're good okay uh, <laughs> that's my final take uh before i give my score what about you guys how did you feel wrapping up the movie uh overall thoughts all that good stuff uh i'll say the ending uh karen allen uh so i, I said i was looking up dates between there was 12 years between the end of kingdom and crystal skull and um and the end of dial destiny Karen Allen and even I mean Harrison Ford they they did age they aged like thirty years she mm. got really old looking in a matter You're of twelve wrong. years. Jeez um, Louise, you guys are harsh. Uh, well, no, the, it's it's true. It is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't then, hold it against her. I'm not saying she looks bad. I'm just saying no, that's what I mean. Like there, yeah. the time difference is There's definitely a visible like, difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she looked like she aged thirty years <laughs> and was only twelve years. Um. I, with the ending, I, it's really just you know a callback to say like, all right, Karen Allen's back. Like, you know, we're gonna pop her in the back. I'm pretty sure they're gonna try. This is this is might end up Adventures losing money Mary. for Disney. This might end up losing money for Disney with the amount that the the drop that it's like that it's it's having. I don't know what it's doing internationally, but it's gonna not need good. a not. A, it's gonna need a lot of help to to for Disney to warrant a sequel. I mean. We're seeing that with you know a couple other movies where it's just like the the some of these drop offs are are absolutely horrendous like the Flash and everything. Um, I mean that was ha- that was cursed from day one, but this is something where they're gonna Disney's gonna really kind of revisit and say like, all right, well this new generation do they want a new Indiana Jones? Whether it's young Indi- in Indiana Jones, I would be all for that. Um, I I know someone Aaron or uh, Alden Reich or whatever his name is would be a perfect young Indiana Jones. Um, what, what, Hilarious. Is, is my, is my, yeah, you got 
Yeah, Han Solo. Pick it up when I I'm got one, it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. All right, yeah. everyone. For your listeners, he played young Han Solo. Uh, get him in the role. Uh, I, I can't see anything that would go wrong. I mean, Solo was a masterpiece. Uh, and um, yeah, I just I, I wait, wait it out. I mean, we waited 15 minutes for, in my opinion, a subpar sequel to a terrible sequel to a perfect movie. Um, so I, I just I, I think that they they need to they need to stop with the indiana jones talk and 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 take that out of the the boardroom for now um the interest isn't there obviously but we'll see maybe and in, in, i not to be not to be mean a lot of the audio indiana like the original indiana jones crowd they're not going out to the movies anymore and they don't they don't really care that much so mm. the last good indiana jones movie was 30 i don't even know 89. how to do math 89 so what's that 33 years ago 34 years ago yeah so yeah yeah i mean for me you know i uh i have some (laughs) issues with the siege of syracuse i thought it looked pretty bad cgi wise especially once they finally land there i thought there were some shots where it's like you know a little bit of disbelief but i thought it had some some rough qualities to it um we talked about no one, no one would have reenacted that with real people yeah, and everything and went to actually he would have actually time traveled so he would have blown syracuse back up yeah uh while um, we're at it cg animators please get get in in line help. with your writers sisters and brothers yeah. and and strike also because you guys need better working conditions yeah um, and there was just a little bit of confusion for me here when when the when we get to that scene of in Syracuse where it's like just it was a little bit laughable where we're like oh, we're going here we're doing it and then you actually go through the portal and you're like we're we're doing it <laughs> um so I just thought that was funny and I wanted to mention that point of it um you know I it's uh we talked a little bit about the box office earlier and it it was a surprising number to me of how low it kind of came in and. I mean, we always see the drop. Usually 50% is usually a little bit around the average, but you would assume with not much steep competition for Indy, it would have gotten number one two weeks in a row. And I I looked at the opening like, oh, people are just waiting for the July 4th weekend. They know they got more time to see it. And I was really surprised at the number that it came in and the fact that it wasn't number one in America, you know, because you could just see the ads on TV. The number one movie in America two weeks in a row, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, you know, see it this weekend. Um, and, you know, I, I think, Greg, you put it perfectly on how you kind of see it. I know I joked about having uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge take it over. Uh, you know, I'm saying that a little bit in jest. If that if that's the plan, I, I would be behind it. But at the same time, you know, if you're asking me what I would prefer to see, you know, I, I'm glad we got this as opposed to Crystal Skull being the last one. But there was a moment for me where I'm sitting in a theater, sold out show, opening night with my wife. And we get to the final scene of the movie and it's two people in their 80s just standing there talking, reminiscing about 1981. And, you know, where does it hurt? Kiss me here. And I, was, I just had I was old people making out. I'm I sorry. Had this, I had this image of like my parents just like, you know, like it's kind of just like watching your parents like in a mood. Like it was just like, uh, what are I we doing? It was guys? Lovely. <laughs> no, listen, it's a it's a lovely scene. It's beautiful. It's very touching. But like when you when you pull back the emotion of it and it's like we're just watching two 80 year olds smooch it up and it's like this is what I spent my Thursday night doing like <laughs> watching this 80 year old man go on a final adventure. And I'm like, dude, we can You're do right, better for than 30 this. seconds. So I know I listen. I'm, I know I'm being a little harsh, but I did find it to be a very touching scene, Greg. I think you're taking the wrong bits out of it. Um, 
I would say this movie for me probably comes in as, um, you know, you could maybe debate third or fourth on the indie chart for me, uh, you know, out of the five movies, I think you, you're probably putting crusade and Raiders ahead. And then you can maybe make the case of temple of doom, depending on how you feel, how that's aged. Um, but it's definitely, you know, ahead of crystal skull for me for that. So, um, you know, since, uh, you guys have given your final thoughts, I'll give my score. I give it three out of five. Um, I think there's some things here for me that could have been done a little bit better, um, to inch it to that three and a half mark. You know, if you wanted to press me on it, I might say 3.25, but three, three out of five stars for me, I think is a fair score. Um, on, on a disclaimer really quick. Uh, if you're complaining that they traveled back in time and they're like, that's ridiculous. How did Indy travel back in time? That's not realistic. Uh, every movie ends with some crazy stuff happening where he yeah. opened the Ark of the Covenant and Nazis' faces melted. And he also <laughs> – I was thinking dr- the same thing. He yeah. drank from a cup that Jesus drank from and he was going to be eternal if he didn't cross that seal. And, and he uh, had he, his heart pulled and out and still lived. Witnessed, a, Yeah, he had his heart ripped <laughs> out by some, some sorcerer. And you're going to draw the line of time travel. Sorry. No. Just – it's – just deal with it. It's not as ridiculous. As the some of the other things are more ridiculous, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah, my I, I'm going two and a half. This was not. This oh, was wow. not. This is I, every movie. I, I hate when people use the term cash grab because every movie literally is a cash grab. Every it's a business. They're trying to make money. So yes, calling it a cash grab is what it's supposed to do is make money. Um, this was in, in, in the wrong definition of a cash grab where I think they're trying to go on nostalgia and they realize, wow, Top Gun is one of the highest grossing movies of the year. And we're going to really put our, like Mar- like I know Indiana Jones was probably announced maybe before or around the same time, but I think they kind of jumped on that and were like, all right, let's just, the nostalgia thing's killing it. Let's do it. And it just didn't work out for them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, we are the target demographic for this movie. It's not younger fans because they just don't know who Indiana Jones is. They're not invested. And no offense, but, like, if you're a kid in your teens, are you going to want to go see an 80-year-old as an action star? Probably not. Um, they, They don't have the equity invested in it. So, again, we're the target demographic, but even all of us expressed our doubts well prior to this movie coming out where it's like i don't know if i really want to see it and i think the general consensus is a lot of people felt the same way as shown in the box office numbers there's a point where believability gets stretched too far and you know we're faithful moviegoers so we end up seeing a lot of product anyway but not everybody goes to the movies as often as we do and if it comes down to you know checking out the new spider-verse or do I go see Indy with an 80 year old guy and it just isn't going to feel right. People aren't going to choose that. You know, they're going to, they're going to spend their money where they feel it's best spent. So I get, I get it. And it hasn't officially been announced as a flop. It's probably going to end up looking like that. And I'm sorry that it had to go out on that note. This I think is probably one of the the best ways it could have gone in terms of quality of the movie. So yeah, like you said, Harry, happy that uh, Crystal Skull wasn't the end, but this for sure yeah. needs to be the cutoff. Um, I am giving it three stars out of five. Better than expected for sure. Uh, definitely some flaws. Still enjoyable. So, yeah, that's my take and I'm sticking to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that 
is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like I said, guys, let us know what your thoughts are. Are you going to go see it? Did you see it? What did you think? Uh, hit us up on the socials. Hands, anything for the peeps. Just listen out for our, our – if you have any uh, – uh, and share some of your favorite time travel theories and – and. Uh, <laughs> And yes, we'll 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 cover them on the next week's episode. Uh, uh, the longer uh, and more complex, the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. I I, I honestly any, was more no. civil than than more of our other conversations that we've had in the past about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, watch the show Dark if you've never seen it. Uh, but only watch it if you want uh heavy, 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 heavy hardcore time travel and not a super super investing show. Um. But and you're only investing in time travel. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we got some hopefully some more fun content coming to you guys in, in a couple weeks. And we'll talk to you guys then. Yep. Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, make sure you live spicy. Spicy.